Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps. I thank each and every one of you for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you. Once again today, the Minnesota Vikings go into Las Vegas. They bring all their chips. They put them all on the table. And they, uh, well, they get seven out about 15 times, and they get their seventh win in a, uh, well, they, it was, uh, well, uh, let's pretend it's the Twins versus the Oakland Athletics. Um, yeah, maybe with like, uh, with two different pitchers, I guess, or like nine different pitchers would be the equivalent, probably. The Twins somehow <laughs> pull off a uh, 3 nothing shutout over the Oakland Athletics. Oh, wait, well, the Athletics are about to move to Las Vegas as well, but yeah, the Vikings beat the Las Vegas Raiders 3 to nothing. You better believe it. Yeah, you 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 better believe it. <laughs> Three to nothing over the Raiders. So one of the ugliest offensive performances you've ever seen in the history of your life, but one of the best defensive performances you've ever seen. Not that the uh, other team, the Las Vegas Raiders, had a sexy, exciting offense, but at the same time, to shut out any NFL team is an accomplishment. I mean, they're always going to find a way to get three points, six points, ten points. That's extremely low scoring. Zero points is as low as it gets. You can only tie zero points for excellence when it comes to defense. Vikings get to seven and six. Five and two on the road, which is pretty good. Uh, five and eight are the Raiders, four and three at home. So the Vikings' first visit to Las Vegas is a win. Not in beautiful fashion, but uh, it's uh, it's a win. <laughs> it's a win. <laughs> a win's a win. Trey Tucker, who only had one target in the game, it could have been a big, big catch, which would have pushed the Raiders forward. Instead, ended up being ruled out of bounds, or uh, excuse me, incomplete, as he was kind of going out of bounds with the bobbling catch. Incomplete, and ultimately the Vikings are victorious uh, down the stretch. Greg Joseph missed a field goal in the game from 48 and then made another one, thankfully. So if somebody has to make something... Uh, Kevin Pace Jr. got his first interception of his career, but also had a sack in the game. Um, the the kick that Greg Joseph did make was 36 yards. So again, nothing overly spectacular, but it's at least something to, uh, to have. Uh, Ryan Wright had eight punts in the game, eight punts, no touchbacks, and four of them were in the 20 with a 49 long. Yes, yeah, so the punters are very important in this game. Uh, Greg Joseph officially had a punt. It's like a squid kick, basically, late in the game. Yeah, so that was interesting. A.J. Cole, who apparently has never had a blocked punt, but uh, would have had the punt of his life, but it was a touchback, uh, but still had an 83 long in the game. A guy who had a phenomenal day. Both punters punted eight times. So the punters were very, 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 very busy. That is job security, no doubt about it. Uh, Kane Nwangwu had a nice return, but unfortunately some dumb uh, penalties down the stretch kind of negated that a bit, but still counted apparently on the kick return for 31. So we appreciate that. Uh, Brennan Powell also returned uh, five punts for 48 yards. Nothing spectacular, but a 25 long. Yeah, I'm talking about special teams a lot because I guess they were really busy in today's game. Joshua Dobbs picked up where he left off for the most part, but he didn't turn the ball over. So, okay, Joshua Dobbs didn't turn the ball over. Um, he was adequate. Uh, no, he wasn't adequate. He was lousy. Um, five, he was sacked five times, but it also didn't help that multiple um, offensive linemen were out. Brian O'Neill wasn't good to begin with. He was getting embarrassed by Crosby, Max Crosby, who's got some creepy tattoos on his body. And that's not, he's not the only athlete with like all seeing eye and like, what are you doing? 
Are you guys just like selling your soul for money or what? Like, I don't know. It's creeping me out. It's really bad, actually. Why would you get a tattoo of the all-seeing eye or, and, and the pyramid and all that? Seriously. I, I just, I don't know. If you don't know what it means, don't even touch it. And if you do know what it means and you're doing it, all right, um, stay away from me. That's all I got to say about that. Stay away. I don't care how good you are. <laughs> stay away. Um, uh, Makai Blackman, what am I looking at? Uh, he had a fumble recovery. Jay Ward had a fumble recovery. So, yeah, at the end of the day, um, <laughs> the Vikings, well, <clears throat> Aiden O'Connell recovered his only fumble. So one thing we can brag about is we didn't turn the ball over at the end of the day, so that's always wonderful, and we received two fumbles. So that's something to, to be happy about. Aiden O'Connell also with the interception that iced the game for the most part. Yes, it did ice the game, ultimately to Ivan Pace Jr., and made us all feel a hell of a lot better at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, <laughs> definitely a start, a 3 nothing win in Las Vegas. I don't know. I don't know what to say about this. Like, the Vikings won a very ugly game. Joshua Dobbs was finally benched in the fourth quarter at some point because, well, there was just, it was, it was lifeless. Like, like, enough already. Like, stop zapping the patient. There's no heartbeat. It's over. I'm sorry. You're going to have to pull the plug on this one. I'm, I'm sorry. Pull the plug. Nick Mullins comes in. Was okay. He was all right. He was adequate. It was kind of like, again, dare I say, kind of like going from Tavares Jackson. Nah, not even that. Joshua Dobbs. Tavares Jackson had actually had a uh, special skill with a really, really good arm. But he was extremely inaccurate and such, unfortunately. He was athletic for the most part. God rest his soul, by the way. Um... But he did have more of a special quarterback skill than Joshua Dobbs does at, at throwing the ball, I'd have to say. Um, but like, say, going from, you know, going, you know, that's the only comparison I could go from uh, go with, though, so please forgive me, uh, Tavares Jackson to Gus Farratt. And then you felt a little bit better. Gus Farratt was a little better than, you know, he was he was better. He, just, he was more stable, a little more accurate, kind of looked more, I don't know, traditional, I guess you could say, as a quarterback. Like, I, I don't know. Like shooting a shooting a basket instead of only dunking or only launching threes, you know that kind of stuff <laughs> in, in basketball, that kind of thing. <laughs> but yeah, Nick Mullins at least was adequate. Um, nine completions of thirteen attempts, eighty-three yards. So Nick Mullins actually had more passing yards than Josh Dobbs in less than a quarter. Less than a quarter. Joshua Dobbs only sixty-three yards and ten completions on twenty-three attempts. Quarterback rating of 50.8, and that's without an interception. But again, to the offensive line, though, they certainly weren't helping Joshua Dobbs' case for the most part. Um, at least you had Christian Derrissaw out there. So he was there. Bradbury was there. Uh, Ingram was out. You had uh, Brandel. You had Dalner uh, uh, Reisner missed some time. He, he, he would come back. Austin Schlottman. Schlottman. Austin Schlottman, who's more of a center, but could play guard. He's, you know, so he would play a little bit of uh, left guard instead uh, of uh, Dalton Reisner. Ingram, of course, like I already mentioned, was uh, replaced by Randall with the injury type of situation. And then Brian O'Neill, who got turnstiled, as before I got sidetracked, talking about Max Crosby's tattoos. Scary stuff. Um, great player, but I don't know. I don't like, I don't like what I'm seeing there. Uh, but anyhow, uh, Brian O'Neill got turnstiled badly by Max Crosby and then ultimately was out with injury. And he was replaced by Quisenbury. That's right, Quisenbury. So you had three offensive line replacements at one point in the game, two ultimately for the most part. 
as he moved on in the game, and Joshua Dobbs was blindsided uh, quite a few times, ultimately was sacked five times in the game. Uh, Aiden O'Connell was sacked four times, one of them again by Ivan Pace Jr., who has, quite frankly, been the surprise of the year in a lot of ways, an undrafted free agent who is a, looks like a, yeah, who is a starting linebacker. He's wearing the green dot, which really says something, especially when you have a defensive coordinator who knows what the heck he's doing. Like, if, if put it this way, if Brian Flores has the confidence to put you, an undrafted rookie, in charge of the defense in terms of getting out the plays with the green dot, he must, he must see something in you. He must see something in you. And um, that must mean something because it's Brian Flores. It's not uh, at a... <laughs> It's not uh, whatever his name was, Ed Donatel. No disrespect to Ed Donatel. He's just not a defensive coordinator. He's just not a good defensive coordinator anyway. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson, I guess, has the, already has the most catches of all time in a season for a tight end. That just doesn't sound right to me, but that's what I heard. 80, yeah, 80 catches. So, yep, he's been a nookie blankie. 80 catches is a lot. I mean, that's way up there. Tied for eighth in the NFL. Hmm. That's pretty wild stuff. So, yep, I mean, Hawkinson has had a lot of catches despite the weird and slow start in the game. Justin Jefferson with a chest injury. Chest injury again with Joshua Dobbs kind of having a Spurgeon win couple of moments with passes that didn't set players up properly. Put them in positions to potentially get hurt, which again is a sign of a quarterback that's, I don't know, maybe not equipped for the NFL really to play full-time football. Um, you know, like Spurgeon Wynn almost got like receivers killed in the past. And they'd come up to him, hey, come on, man. You're throwing the ball, you're throwing me into a defender. So it's like, you know, pardon the very loud noise, but you're setting up a collision. And I mean, I even did that in basketball once or twice and felt pretty stupid afterward. So there's that kind of stuff. Justin Jefferson with a chest injury was hospitalized during the game, but then came back to the Vikings locker room. So they're calling it an internal chest injury. So maybe some kind of a collapsed lung is my guess. That's probably what I would go with. It can't be heart, can it? Uh, I think he'd be sticking around at the hospital at least overnight if it's heart-related. So it reeks of collapsed lung, which is a football type of injury, isn't it? Contact kind of injury. That's probably what it is. And it did kind of look like he's having trouble breathing a bit. I think, I swear I saw him putting one of those uh, oxygen masks on. I swear, unless I'm crazy when they were putting him in the blue tent. Maybe I'm nuts and I'm just seeing things. But uh, So that's a really weird situation. Hopefully Justin Jefferson's going to be okay and able to return. But I don't know. A, a game like this, it almost felt like, screw this crap. We're going to we're gonna probably not win another game the rest of the year. Why even risk Justin Jefferson having some crazy catastrophic injury and messing up his career? So I don't know. It's kind of like that. Uh, K.J. Osborne dropped multiple gimme passes. That was ridiculous. That was ugly stuff. Um, who's the other guy? Who's the, <laughs> who's the other guy that dropped a pass? I was like right on top. I, I couldn't believe it. It was like right off his face mask. Like that was pathetic. That was really bad. Like I was like, okay, that's wonderful. So that was a nasty <laughs> situation there. Uh, it was right off his face mask. Yeah, that, that was Jalen Naylor. Okay, that's who it was. Yep, I'm looking at him right now. There he is. Jalen Naylor. Um, right off the face mask. So, again, that's not Joshua Dobbs' fault either. So, there were some plays that weren't. Obviously, some of his interceptions in the Chicago game were not his fault. They were Kadri Ishmael tip up the pass for the defender. Bullcrap, uh, unearned interceptions. But still, you know, Dobbs was still a freaking mess. 
in the Bears game and this one. And Nick Mullins, again, looks maybe like he could be that Gus Farratt, which, no, I mean, he <laughs> he's a part of a trivia question, like um, who actually exceeded Brett Favre's career numbers for the school that they played for in Mississippi there. Uh, and that guy was Nick Mullins. He exceeded all of, yeah, Southern Miss, sorry. Southern Miss. He's the one that exceeded Brett Favre's career numbers for the school. Crazy. Brett Favre had the records. And then Nick Mullins ended up passing him. But also tells you, again, college football is one thing. NFL is another. Like, there's a lot of great, great college basketball players that, you know, were phenomenal basketball college players and then came to the NBA and were just, eh, he's okay. You know, hockey is a huge one where, like, you could be Hobie Baker Award winner and then get to the NHL and, yeah, you, you know, you're one of the, you know, you're, you're okay. You're a nice role player. <laughs> that kind of thing. So, I mean, that's sports. So, unfortunately, that's college sports versus NFL at times. But this was one of the ugliest games you'll ever watch. Okay, Marcus Epps no longer with the Eagles. He's with the Raiders now. Good for him. Six ta- total tackles, three solo, and did have a pass deflection. But uh, luckily, we are okay at the safety position. It's safe to say the Vikings are doing fine at the safety position. Um, Ivan Pace Jr., 13 tackles, 7 solo, 1 sack, tackle, which is a tackle for loss, and he did have the interception as well, along with quarterback hits. That's kind of all together. Um, Makai Blackman, no pass deflections with 4 tackles. Wouldn't say it was his best game, but certainly not his worst. The overall Viking defense was phenomenal. Uh, DJ Wanham, Harrison Phillips, and Troy Dye also sharing in sacks along the way. Four total sacks for our guys there. And again, Max Crosby, who led the team in tackles and sacks. He's easily the player of the game for the Raiders. Easily. Is there any question? But, um, well, I, I guess his teammate might have been almost there. Robert Spillane. So that's the two guys that could have been the, uh, the uh, you know, Oakland Raiders. John Madden, I guess you could say, award winner. I'm trying to think of legendary Raiders, Jay Schrader, but no, he's not a legend. He's the Marcus Allen Award, basically, um, when the Los Angeles Raiders won the Super Bowl in 1983. It's hard to believe the L.A. Raiders won a Super Bowl. It's so weird. <laughs> and the Oakland Raiders beat the Vikings, and they also won another one way, way back in the day. Oakland Raiders won twice. Los Angeles got the pulled the third franchise uh, Super Bowl for the Raiders, and then they moved back to Oakland many, 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 many years later and are now where they are in Las Vegas. So, um, weird day overall. Sheldon Day also got to start at linebacker, or at least get significant playing time. Not Yep, so that was kind of weird and interesting. Um, yeah, uh, at the end of the day, uh, what more is there to say? Uh, Nick Mullins is the quarterback. Who gives, us the, who gives the Vikings best chance to win in Cincinnati? Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins, I mean, it's that simple. So that's your quarterback for the rest of the season. As long as he can stay healthy, uh, stay away from back and neck injuries, that would be nice. Uh, otherwise, Josh Dobbs is the immediate backup, and Jaron Hall is right where he was before, unfortunately for him, the third stringer. Um, this talk is like if you put a rookie, uh, rookie fifth-round pick as your starting quarterback, it's like telling all the players, like, okay, we're, we're giving up on the season. So even if Jaron Hall does have some promise, Odds are he's not going to do too much um, as a you know fifth round pick rookie. He's probably not Brock Purdy, but I guess you never know. Whereas like 49ers had no chance. Uh, next week is a nooner on Saturday. A nooner on Saturday. So we're already up. That's that awesome time of the year as we head closer and closer into Christmas, where football games start happening on Saturday, and they will continue until 
the end of uh, they will continue all the way up to the divisional round. So it's that's when football starts to get really fun when you start getting games on Saturday instead of just Sundays, um, Sunday, Monday, Thursday, and all that stuff. So nooner on Saturday that'll be quite interesting <clears throat> in Cincy with a backup quarterback who is uh, used to wear purple, looked like garbage, looked like a guy who couldn't throw an 11-yard pass, and now he looks kind of like the guy that played for Washington, Jake Browning. We'll be talking about him in segment number two. Um, I'm very surprised and impressed. So we'll see Mullins versus uh, Jake Browning uh, next Saturday, six days away from now. Cincinnati looking like a completely different football team, despite the fact Joe Burrow is out for the season with a catastrophic wrist injury. And don't talk to me about wrist injuries. Oof. Don't want to think about those anymore. I've been through hell myself, but thankfully that's way back in the past. Let's keep it that way. Doggone it. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Um, Alexander Madison, very strong early, and the Vikings didn't really go back to him a whole lot. Ty Chandler actually had more carries than Alexander Madison. Can you believe that? Um, I think Madison, yes, he was banged up. He was limping around like an ankle, so that's mainly why you didn't see Madison. And Ty Chandler actually was far, far inferior to Alexander Madison, which is kind of weird, but I guess that's how that goes. Um, Dobbs did scamper for a first down at least once in the game, but it felt like, you know, it was like, yeah, it was basically once, like, hallelujah, we finally got to use his legs and get it somewhere, rather than just like a short gain or whatever, um, or just forcing passes that don't work. Um, yeah, Madison ankle injury, despite uh, 10 carries, 66 yards, was actually insanely good. So, credit to Alexander Madison, all the ripping and hard hard times I've, I've given him, and all of us have given him, but me, particularly on this show, since it's my show, I'm the one who's been saying all the mean stuff. Um, good game, Alexander. Good game. Well done, Alexander. Ty Chandler, basically half of the, basically about half as good. 12 carries, 35 yards, 2.9 a carry, and a long of <clears throat> 7. That's not a whole lot to brag about. C.J. Hamm had a long of seven in the game. That's the fullback. A very good fullback, but fullback nonetheless. Um, the offense was not particularly good. And again, Jalen Naylor, a ball bouncing off of his freaking face mask. Like, I don't know, that's kind of embarrassing. That's embarrassing. That's the kind of stuff you just sit and kind of laugh at and make fun of people. Uh, it's too bad. Um, with that said, I don't know. I mean, I'm not... This isn't one of those game reviews that should go on for very long other than Nick Mullins is the starter. And that's all you got to say. And Ivan Pace Jr. was an absolute rev uh, revelation. He had an awesome day. Ivan Pace Jr., without a doubt, is the Fran Tarkington Award winner for this episode. I think he shared it once earlier this year, but he is going to get it all by himself. Ivan Pace Jr., undrafted rookie, but the Vikings did invest extra money towards him to make absolute sure. Kind of like when you're making a, uh, a free agent acquisition in fantasy where it's like waivers. And you try to bid. That's kind of what the Vikings did in a lot of ways. Like, no, we absolutely may have to make sure this is this guy's coming to our team as an undrafted free agent right after the draft. And um, looks like one of those great ones. You know, he's one of those guys. Is probably why Spielman would always sit and try to pile up those seventh round picks to hopefully scoop up uh, a player like an Ivan Pace Jr., which he pretty much never did. I suppose that one uh, linebacker years ago. I'm blanking where he came from. Was it uh, Penn State? I forgot where he, yeah, he was super good, but he had ACL injuries in college, and he just wasn't as good. He, he'd he flash, but then he'd get hurt again. 
seventh round pick years ago. I'm blanking who he was. Pretty good player, though, coming out of Penn State. I think some of you might remember his name. If you remember, maybe let me know. Uh, some of you out there, like uh, on Instagram or uh, tw- uh, X. Um, so, just in case you know, like like a Gerald String or anybody out there that might know, Malcolm, Malcolm McSween, any of you that might know who that player is. That's kind of, you know, he was the closest thing, I guess, but Ivan Bates Jr., knock on wood, has not had stuff like that happen. So, the only fear with him was maybe a little undersized, but today, he was a giant, an absolute giant of a player. Fran Tarkington Award winner all by yourself. The, um... Christian Ponner Memorial for this episode is kind of, you know, it's like picking on Josh Dobbs kind of is what it is. He was super lousy. He was lousy, but it, it wasn't all his fault. I'm certainly not giving it to Alexander Madison. That'd be that'd be a crime to give it to him. That'd be mean. Um, it's got to be offensive line related, but not to pick on injured players, but to pick on their injuries themselves. Like the <laughs> offensive line injuries <laughs> are, are going to bring home the... Uh, the overall award for the week. And I don't know, um, Wade Phillips should probably get it as well. I mean, this is this pretty much figures. Wade Phillips was arrested pretty much right before, you know, it was like arrested the day before or two days before. Yeah, it was uh, Friday night into Saturday morning, basically, that uh, Wade Phillips was arrested with uh, suspicion of driving while intoxicated. So it's just kind of, I don't know, like this, this figures that you turn in this kind of offensive uh, effort. So... Wade Phillips and the offensive line. Did I call him Wade? Wes Phillips. Sorry, sorry, Dad. Uh, sorry, Wade Phillips, uh, Dad of Wes. <laughs> and certainly not Pump Phillips, God rest his soul. Uh, legendary uh, coach, the grandpa of Wes now. Um, I believe he coached the Raiders many years ago, didn't he? So, Bum Phillips, great coach, actually. Uh, and Wade was pretty damn good, too. He's a great defensive coordinator for the Bills. And he eventually finally won a Super Bowl with the Rams. Finally. And the Broncos, I believe, as well. Broncos and the Rams. I think they won Super Bowls there. I think he won two. So his uh, his uh, drought finally came to an end after the four Super Bowl losses with the um, Bills. I've babbled enough, but that's uh, where we're going to the Christian Ponder. With that said, we're going to take a quick break and return for uh, round two. We're going to look around the NFL a little bit. Cowboys up 7 nothing already in the classic matchup, Eagles and Cowboys on Sunday, Sunday night football. And we are right back at it. Segment number two. No waiting around. It's uh, <laughs> Sunday Night Football. It's segment two. It's my favorite segment. No, I like all the segments, dang it. Fan interaction is awesome. Are you kidding me? I get to talk to the coolest people in the world. Segment one, we get to review games. It's like, you know, as a kid, you like to think, like, if you even like being on a, you know, those Fisher-Price things, like, wow, I could comment on the game. That'd be awesome. So, but segment two, you know, it's just, it's probably the most chill of the three. Kind of looking around, but I don't know. And I get to go deep into history conversation. Let's open up with, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of ugly football. <laughs> New England Patriots with their third win of the year, beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
in Pittsburgh, who can't win a home game for some reason. They kind of suck at home. Okay, I've seen worse, but what are they... Well, what's the math here? They'd be... I don't get it. Three and two on the road. That's not bad, actually. But they're four and four at home. That's kind of weak. Plus, it doesn't help that... I don't know who the heck the quarterback is anymore. Trubisky. Trubisky. Zap versus Trubisky. Great stuff. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, the former Dallas Cowboy. Again, Philadelphia and Dallas in Texas Stadium. No, it's not Texas Stadium. I forget what the name of that place is. Lucas Oil? No, that's the other one. That's uh, whatever the heck they call that. That's the one in the um, Indianapolis. <clears throat> it's basically the new Dallas Cowboys building. It's been new for a while now. Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, anyhow. <laughs> Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott. That's what the E stands for. Duh. 22 carries, 68 yards. That's just kind of, I don't know, that's sled dog stuff. Um, I don't know. What, what are you going to say about a game with Zap versus Trubisky? Oof. Mm. Uh, I'm surprised people even went to the game, right? <laughs> Zap versus Trubisky. I don't know, 28 to 18. I mean, what more do you need to really say about it? But Zap actually was pretty good, so sorry, Bailey. Um, three touchdowns. He did have an INT. His quarterback rating was way up there. In fact, he was probably the best player on the Patriots. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, Schuster, who's been on, I think this is a third team already, which is weird. 90 yards. Awesome. Awesome game for him on only four catches. And Ezekiel Elliott with seven catches, 71 yards, and did get into the end zone. So Ezekiel Elliott with the all-purpose type of a game for the New England Patriots. Very impressive, actually. And Jalen Rager. Yep, that's right. He did resurface with the Patriots on the practice squad. He was active today and was targeted once. <clears throat> he was targeted once. No, 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 he didn't catch the ball. He was just targeted once. Maybe they threw it away or something, but uh, I don't know. It's too bad. Actually, <laughs> not trying to make fun of him too much, but uh, I don't know. Um, how much can you talk about a game like this? Zap versus Trubisky. Well, the Patriots won in Pittsburgh, and good for them. 21-18, uh, to 3-10 on the season. So we'll see what happens with them. Cowboys still up 7-0, so on and so forth. The Eagles have had a, uh, had a very frustrating loss last week. They got hammered, destroyed by the San Francisco 49ers, who look like the best team on the planet right now. And quite frankly, if they win the Super Bowl, I'm not complaining one bit. I like the 49ers just fine. <laughs> But as uh, long as the damn Chiefs don't win. And they <clears throat> they lost again. Yes. Okay, anyhow. Tampa Bay and Atlanta, a little southeast matchup. Put the lemon in the tomato juice. Atlanta, it's not New Orleans. Oh, you son of a... I wouldn't either. Anyhow, <laughs> I would not. Just kidding. It didn't do that earlier, so I'm not sure why it's doing it now. But uh, we're not going to F with that. Okay. Sorry, 29 to 25. Tampa Bay staying alive, <laughs> knocking out the Atlanta Falcons there, not dropping the Falcons to six and seven while jumping up to six and seven. In the Buccaneers' case, Baker Mayfield, mediocre to below average. He completed 50 percent of his passes and didn't throw an interception, but he did manage to get two touchdowns. So, all right, signs of a classic blue chip, you know. First, second overall pick that isn't in, isn't really good, but I, I I guess he's okay. You know what I mean? One of those, <laughs> one of those. He was adequate, and the uh, Bucks emerged victorious over 
the Falcons three sacks defensively for the Falcons only or for the Bucks only one from the Falcons. A little pass rush on uh, Baker Mayfield might have been a big problem. Desmond Ritter was slightly uh, he actually did get a lot of yards. You could argue he had the better game, but the interception took everything down. Unfortunately, Falcons probably should have won this game, and they they just didn't get the job done. They managed 15 points in the fourth. Of course, the extra deal, but uh, you know the two point conversion, but couldn't finish the job. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, Tampa Bay ends up emerging victorious. The fact that the Bucks did actually score 10 points in the fourth quarter made the game more interesting than what was not a very exciting matchup, but two teams still kind of hanging on in the hunt, as they say. But uh, so on and so forth. We'll move on from that. I mean, you just look at that 3 nothing Las Vegas. It's like it's the first quarter, right? No, that's the final score. It's the final score. The Cowboys have already outscored the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny, is it? It really sucks, actually. Cincinnati, that's the last game we're going to talk about. And watch out for the Bengals. Yeah, yeah, watch out for the Bengals. Jacksonville, multiple losses now. They were, weren't they 8-2 and two at one point? What's going on? So Jacksonville loses their first road game, actually, in Cleveland. Cleveland's got a pretty good home record at 6-1. and one. They uh, Cleveland, despite losing um, their main guy, they win another football game here, 31-27. to A very impressive win by the Cleveland Browns. Didn't they beat the 49ers earlier this year? So they've had a couple of interesting days. Who's their quarterback? Well, it's his second week playing. But, but I didn't get to talk about it last week because I was off. You know, the Vikings were off. I'm off. That kind of thing. Because, uh, yeah, we, we'll get into that. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is with another one of those weird days where it's like they're playing from behind and he's going crazy three interceptions with three touchdowns. He's one of those guys. He's going to get both, it seems like. <laughs> he used to have those kind of numbers as a rookie. He'd get like two, 300 yards with like three touchdowns, three interceptions. Like, what the heck? So pretty wild. But then the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, a guy who came out of retirement and has multiple 250 yards with two touchdown games with the Browns already, which is like a lead for the last several years, which is really weird. Joe Flacco, the guy who led the, uh, well, was a part of. He, he was pretty good at the game. Let's give him credit, but he wasn't necessarily their best player. The Baltimore Ravens to the 2012 Super Bowl championship in the Harbaugh Bowl, which is already 11 years ago. And Flacco was already becoming a veteran. Now, I give Flacco tons of credit because he won road games in the postseason before that. Even as like a, what, what was he, like a rookie or second year guy. He took the Ravens into Pittsburgh in the AFC Championship game. Unfortunately, they lost, but they got to the AFC title game when he was real young. What was it, like 08? So that was insanely impressive. Steelers went to the Super Bowl and beat the Cardinals, much to my chagrin. I would have way rather seen the Cardinals win that game, but um, we'll digress off of that. Very impressive performance by Joe Flacco. Unfortunately, he did have an interception, but 311 yards, three touchdowns, 26 of 45. Excellent overall. Um, David Jaku uh, with a couple of touchdowns on 91 yards overall, six catches. Uh, David Bell with a 41-yard touchdown from Flacco. Exciting stuff. Um, the Cleveland Browns, again, very impressive uh, performance. Eight, eight and five, so <laughs> not bad at all. Flacco did lose a fumble, so multiple interceptions for him in the game, unfortunately. So that's one complaint. He was also sacked four times. No. He was only sacked once, so that definitely helps. Good offensive line protection. Whereas uh, um, the young guy there, Trevor Lawrence, was sacked four times in the game. That certainly didn't help his cause. And then the three interceptions certainly uh, were a big bummer. 
along the way. So at Cleveland, 8-5, dropping Jacksonville to 8-5, who were perfect on the road until today. New York Jets and the Houston Texans. I don't know about the playoffs now. No, there's still a chance, but C.J. Stroud going into concussion protocol. And after that, it was kind of like, hmm, 30-6? to six? This, Did this really happen? The Jets and Texans, you'd have thunk, even if it's in New York, you'd, you'd have thunk there's a pretty good chance the Texans would either win or keep it real close or something. 30-6, to six, the New York Jets crushed the Texans and against Stroud into concussion protocol. Didn't have a good game anyway, but maybe there was concussion uh, symptoms before that. Uh, Garrett Wilson. Wilson to Wilson. Mr. Wilson! Sorry, that's uh, Dennis the Menace there. Nine catches, 103, or 108 yards, and then Brees Hall. Brees, Brees Hall. Eight catches, 86 yards, and a touchdown. But um, really the story of the day is the Jets kicked their butts and that uh, C.J. Stroud in the concussion protocol, unfortunately. Davis Mills didn't offer much resistance whatsoever. In fact, I can't imagine, you know, it'd be frustrating. He was a nice rookie not too long ago, but now obviously it is what it is. It's, it is what it is. It's kind of like maybe if, like a Nick Mullins, maybe slightly better than Nick Mullins was starting. And then, you know, you have a chance to, you have the number two pick in the draft and you have a chance to take Stroud. It kind of is what it is, you know. Zach Wilson was supposed to be that guy too. He had a number two overall pick type of a game. It was actually a number two overall, two overall pick versus a number two overall pick. When you look at this, and uh, who would have thought Zach Wilson would be the uh, victorious one year? So again, concussion protocol, but still, you know, it is what it is. Wilson threw for three hundred yards, no touch, no no interceptions, two touchdowns, twenty-seven to thirty-six. He was pretty damn good. He was. Uh, he was the uh, uh, Joe Joe uh, Namath Award winner for the Jets, <laughs> or the Frank Gore. No, not Frank Gore. It's just it's Joe Namath. He's the most historic name, even though they've had a lot of players over the years. Um, but overall, it's been, not been the prettiest franchise in football history. Joe Flacco's former team, where he won the Super Bowl, looking great, ten and three now, overcoming a LA Rams team that definitely played out of their skin today scoring 17 points in the second quarter and still hung in there and were they played at their absolute best. They played their heart out, did the LA Rams, <clears throat> but the Ravens emerged victorious late in an overtime overtime battle as the Rams or excuse me, the Ravens took the lead. <clears throat> the Rams tied it up with no time left to put it into OT and the Ravens ultimately get the TD 37-31 victory for the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, a little bit of a mess, but still with three touchdowns and an INT and 316 yards. Stafford, one of his better games in a while. Both quarterbacks with the kind of numbers you'd think their rating would be higher, but because they were just kind of a mess. But Stafford, no interceptions, just not a real high percentage, like under 60%. That's not good anymore. Back in the day, that was considered okay. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. emerging <laughs> nicely. He did win the Super Bowl with the Rams, remember? Four catches, 97 yards. That's the best game of his season so far. And Cup, the MVP of that Super Bowl, with 115 yards and a touchdown. And Puka Nakua, 87 or 84 yards and five uh, catches. Um, any sexy numbers defensively? Not particularly. Nope. So we'll continue off of that one. It was definitely a high-scoring, epic battle with the <coughs> the Ravens emerging victorious. And congratulations to them. Detroit-Chicago, that's going to be an interesting one to talk about. <laughs> Very interesting game to talk about. 
Uh, but that's not going to happen yet. Panthers and Saints. Well, Panthers dropped to 1-12. and 12, That's all you got to know. 0-8 oh, on the road. The Saints, there's your lemon and the tomato juice. That's officially Louisiana right there. Lemon and tomato juice. <laughs> and I do like it. Derek Carr, the former Raider who wore number four, just like the O'Connells today, wore number four. Boy, they didn't wait long to get the number four on somebody, did they? <laughs> kind of funny. Derek Carr, Carr, who the Vikings beat in an interesting game a few weeks ago where Josh Dobbs looked spectacular in the first half. And pretty much since that first half, hasn't really been much of anything to celebrate. Carr, mediocre at best. In fact, I'd say yeah, below average. Bryce Young, you know, I don't know, looks like a rookie. I don't know. I don't know what to say about him. He really looks like a rookie. 13 of 36. Yikes. Didn't throw an interception, but geez, that was number one overall pick, too. So we'll see. Hopefully he doesn't end up being a bust. But the uh, Saints win comfortably 28 to 6 and stay in the hunt. Wahoo. Wahoo. That's pretty much what you got to say about that. Not exciting football at the end of the day. I want to make sure I'm not missing anything. The, yep, oh yes. There's a, there's quite a few left, and obviously some really good ones. Okay, I'll get to one that's kind of good. It's just the, the team is good more than the game was. <clears throat> this was an epic battle years ago. Uh, about 10 years ago, Seattle and San Francisco. A little more than 10 years ago. Drew Locke at quarterback for Seattle? Drew Locke? Huh. Drew Locke, Okay. Two touchdowns, two interceptions. Brock Purdy, another epic performance. Again, only attempted 27 passes, but still threw for 368. Incredible. Did have an INT down the stretch, but Brock Purdy is not just some placeholder who's along for the ride. And people that were saying that not too long ago, I think it was earlier this season that he's just kind of some placeholder. I don't know about that. Now, again, Christian McCaffrey is going to make you look good no matter what. And so is Debo Samuel. Holy son of a gun. They kicked the major butt. Seattle's defense kind of sucks. You know, I remember the Vikings who kind of took advantage of it for a minute there earlier. Um, Debo Samuel, seven catches, 149 yards. That's super impressive. Brandon Ayuk, six catches, 126 yards. Mm, Christian McCaffrey, okay, so it was pretty much Samuel and Ayuk that really were <coughs> on fire, so to speak, in favor for uh, Mr. Brock Purdy. But Purdy's getting the job done, too. Christian McCaffrey ran for 130. 45 yards, so all-purpose type of day. Didn't get in the end zone. Um, no, he didn't. Not in either way. Only one catch for eight yards, which is really rare, because Samuel was just so spectacular in the game. Mm, had an absolutely great game, and the 49ers are 10-3, and three, and a lot of people are ranking them number one overall with the ass-whooping they put on the Eagles last week and the fact they beat the Chiefs as well. So, gotta love that. Uh, go 49ers. They had that weird three-game losing streak, but other than that, they have been the best team on the planet the whole season. They are, yep, they're the cream of the crop, and you know what? I hope they get the job done this time, quite frankly. That was kind of like crappy how things ended last year with that weird injury to Purdy, but for him to return the way he has, exquisite. A lot of people would call this the game of the week, and, you know, it could have been an NFC Championship game. Maybe it still will be. AFC Championship game, pardon me. But um, this reeked of, like, this has been some epic playoff battles in the past. Unfortunately, with the wrong team winning every stinking time. But the Bills winning in the regular season, at least. 20-17 to 17 over the Chiefs. Staying alive. Ha-ha. Staying alive. 7-6. and six. They've had a very disappointing season. 
couple of heartbreaking losses and some close wins versus the Giants, which is ridiculous. Eight to five, uh, or excuse me, the Chiefs dropped to eight and five. Patrick Mahomes was livid at the end of the game, yelling at the officials, thinking there should have been some kind of a call uh, down the stretch as the Chiefs tried to, uh, or maybe it was the call against the Chiefs for holding around the lateral where K- uh, Kelsey, he who shall not be named, made a catch and then lateraled the ball for a touchdown. Uh, ultimately, was called for holding. Um, that's more, most likely what uh, Mahomes was furious about. The Chiefs only managed 17 points. The Buffalo Bills shut down the Chiefs for the most part. Mahomes only one touchdown and one interception. And quite frankly, I don't give a you know I don't feel bad about them one bit. Uh, Stephon Diggs only four catches for 24 yards. So con- imagine the complaining to continue there. Targeted 11 times in the game. So it's not like he wasn't targeted. Um, yep, Mahomes. That's definitely all over ESPN and everything else where he was going crazy. You're saying it's effing horrible, basically. Or, yeah, he is. <laughs> he was irate at the end of the game. And well, doesn't mean the Chiefs are out. I, I wish they were. I'm not going to be satisfied about anything until the Chiefs are officially eliminated in the postseason, one way or another. But he was. Yeah, they actually were going to beat the Bills if not for that call. But uh, oh darn, I feel so bad. I just don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, I just feel terrible. I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight that the Chiefs lost. Congratulations, Buffalo. Broncos and Chargers. Chargers. The Broncos continue to look like an actual decent football team. Weren't they like 1-5 or something? I know they were 1-4 at the very least, but they're 7-6 and six now. And they sure were frustrating as F to play against. Pardon my French. What the heck is this? Uh, Justin Herbert injured in the game and was awful as well. Easton Stick was sticking it to the Broncos. Not really. Um, threw for 179 yards, no touchdowns or interceptions. Wilson, Russell Wilson, 21 of 33, did have an interception and a couple of TDs in the game. But um, I don't have a whole lot to say about this one. The Chargers are, yeah, they're officially done pretty much. 5-8, and eight, they can't even win a home game against the Broncos. This is probably the kind of game where you're just like, you fire the head coach. I think, yeah, this is the kind of game you just fire the head coach, don't you? Because it's just a listless effort. They finally scored in the fourth quarter. They're down, you know, it's pathetic, man. So, like, what what more can you say about it? It's absolutely pathetic. Like, just, I don't know. It's it's, it's time to move on from Staley. Mike Zimmer's available, but no, I mean, we'll see. We'll see who ends up there in uh, the Chargers, in, in the land of the Chargers. But Justin Herbert would be the kind of guy, if you're a good offensive coach, you're a quarterback whisperer, so to speak. I mean, that's a pretty nice scenario. I wouldn't call it a flat-out dream scenario, but it is a very nice one. Uh, Monday Night Football, Titans will be hosted by the Dolphins. Dolphins should win that comfortably, 9-3, and 5-0 and oh at home. Titans are terrible. They haven't won a single road game this year, but you never know. This may be one of those funny days. Tua with 300, uh, wow, 3,457 yards, but he does have 10, 10 interceptions already. Interesting. Um, Jordan Love, gosh, his touchdown interception ratio is almost the same as Tua. That's crazy, but way less yards. 22 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. That's interesting. They'll be in uh, MetLife Stadium. The Packers, 6-6, six and six, looking insanely impressive as they beat the Chiefs last week. So that was insanely impressive. A lot of people were pissed off and frustrated. <clears throat> like the Chiefs could bury the Packers. Well, the Packers look way better. Jordan Love looks like a completely different guy. He looks 
a lot more like a franchise quarterback now, where earlier this season he looked like the kind of guy who, like a year or two years from now, was going to be somebody that, uh, you know, is kind of all, you know, kind of like on, on the sidelines. On the sidelines for, like, different teams the next five years or so, and then eventually he disappears. You know, one of those guys. Yeah, one of them that you just don't hear from much a whole lot. But now he looks like a franchise quarterback. And uh, that sucks for us, I guess. I don't think he's going to be as good as Favre and Rodgers, but I guess you never know. Rodgers wasn't exactly spectacular, but he did show signs of... Uh, he, he did flash, like there's going to be something. <coughs> but uh, we'll see what happens. Packers should probably beat the Giants, but uh, we'll see. Maybe the Giants surprise us. They've had a couple of decent games this year. Um, they sure took the Bills to the to the brink, but couldn't finish. So we'll move on from that. Oh, boy. Um, what else is going on? So now we move on to, uh, yeah, the Bears and the, the Lions. What the heck happened there? Oh, what the heck? So uh, the Bears went comfortably over the Detroit Lions. The Lions are, are they're, they're weird. Um, they were 9-3, and three, and every one of their losses this year have been just kind of weird. Like, not good. Like, wow, they got kind of crushed. And that's basically what you got to say about that. 28 to 13 to the Bears. 28 to 13 to the Bears, and all 13 of their points were scored in the second quarter. Nothing in the second half. The Bears scored 18 in the second half to say, "Go home and have a nice day." The the Lions were up 13 to 10 at halftime and did nothing in the second half. Pardon me, my throat's drying up on me. Uh, Jared Goff, a couple of ints. He was not good. 10 of 20, uh, 20, 20 of 35. Justin Fields wasn't spectacular, but at least he didn't throw an interception. Goff, Goff had two of them. And the Bears emerged victoriously. The running game was okay, almost five yards a carry. I mean, you can't complain about that. Fields himself, uh, along with Dante Foreman, DJ Moore, a couple moments, and Moore also six catches for 60 yards and the touchdown. The Bears end up getting past the, uh, the Lions. Second and a half for Justin Jones. The Bears end up, five, they're five and eight. Wow. They're not having any number one pick this year, are they? Five and eight, kind of building towards something. So, I don't know. Maybe Justin Fields will be their quarterback. Maybe not. The Bears have never had a great quarterback, ever. And it's just the way it is. McMahon was respectable. He was solid. Then they had one way, way back in like the 40s or something, or 30s. It was way back. It was like the best quarterback in their history. And it's so long ago, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> you can't really say a whole lot. Five, five and eight, the Chicago Bears. Hanging on. But, uh, yep, Vikings and Packers, neither one of them wants third place uh, as the Packers are playing better. The Vikings escape, like, three, three to nothing win over the Raiders. I, I don't know. I don't like the Vikings' chances very much right now, but uh, we'll see after that performance. <sighs> Vikings head to Cincinnati. The Bengals' Jay, uh, Jake, Jake Browning had an interception, but overall another good game. 18 completions, 24 attempts. 275 yards, two touchdowns. He did have an INT in the game, but outperformed Gardner Minshew, definitely. Um, was more accurate, was more efficient with his uh, completions. Quarterback rating of 122.7. I, I, I never thought I'd see the day Jake Browning was uh, having comfortable wins, 34-14 to 14 at home or not for any team. Certainly not the Vikings. Um, wow, wow. Um, <laughs> Jake Browning has been a huge surprise for me. Obviously, he was a great college player, but he had a significant shoulder injury, and he was never the same. And now he's looking way better than most people would have expected. 
Uh, two sacks by uh, Trey Hendrickson definitely helped the uh, Cincinnati Bengals cause. They're 7-6, and six, so it's like they are definitely not giving up on the season. It's still a very talented team with nice weapons. Joe Mixon, who's a veteran now, did carry the ball 21 times for 79 yards. That's pretty good. Chase Brown, not Jamar Chase, but Chase Brown, <laughs> with three catches for 80 yards. That's funny. One of them was 54 yards. Joe Mixon also had a 45-yard play. T. Higgins, a 46-yard play. Um, they're drawing up some interesting stuff. Obviously, they do have an offensive mind there, and uh, Zach Taylor as head coach. So he knows what he's doing. And for Cincinnati's uh, sake, the fan base and everything, the starved fan base, which we can relate around here, I, I hope they win a Super Bowl at some point. But um, obviously, they have the right quarterback. They have you know great receivers, but... Joe Burrow could, could could be a legend someday, but Jake Browning's doing a hell of a job. So good for him. He's they're keeping their head above, head above water in uh, Cincinnati. They just might be a playoff team, and we'll see what happens after that. Okay, it would be kind of like the Vikings making the playoffs with a backup quarterback, and I guess you never know. Odds are very much against anything super spectacular happening, but I guess so. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals, the Vikings' history. We've only played fourteen times. It's an even tie. 7-7, seven and seven, we've had some ugly ones, and we've had some uh, blowouts, ugly losses. Things started in 1973. This was a Super Bowl team, by the way. Super Bowl team. The Vikings went to Cincinnati and lost 27 to nothing. I don't know if we were just trying to be careful and not get injured, or Cincinnati just showed up to play, or what the deal was. The 73 Vikings didn't lose a whole lot of games, if I remember correctly. Not that I was there, but just from history, 27 to nothing. It must have been like, let's just get out of here without injuries before eventually, like, the playoffs and all that. That's probably what this was. Because the Super Bowl was a lot earlier in those days. In fact, uh, there was only 14 games back then. So that might have been the season finale where the Vikings were just, like, hell with it. Uh, nope, no box score. So I can't do anything with that. Vikings won comfortably many years later after we'd uh, attended our last Super Bowl, 1977, 42-10, crushing with uh, young Tommy Kramer at quarterback. Vikings would then lose 14 to nothing again. What the hell? <laughs> shut out again. And we were almost shut out today. Think about it. 14 to nothing again. Or excuse me, nothing again for the Vikings. That was in 1980. Then the Vikings would win 20 to 14. And then you keep going 24 to 20. The Vikings just don't win in Cincinnati, do they? So loss, win at, the, win at home. Lost on the road, win at home. Lost on the road, win at home. And the Vikings won in Cincinnati in 1992. Okay, yeah, I remember this. Back when the Bengals were like the worst team in football and I was just starting to watch football that year. 42-7. to Fun. Fun. I mean, I, I don't remember it being that bad, but... Man, that's insane. Yeah, that is really crazy. That's an epic performance by the 92 Vikings. They were very good. Uh, it was a very good team. Rich Gannon, four touchdowns, 318 yards. Oh. Boomer Esiason was in Cincinnati still. Isn't that crazy? He was still there. Only 97 yards and four interceptions. I think I remember him like going crazy on the sideline, like frustration. Donald Hollis, wow. That's an old name. So is Boomer Esiason. Five, uh, 11 catches for Chris Carter, two touchdowns. Yeah, he's from Ohio. 124 yards. Mm-mm-mm. Impressive. Very impressive game by Minnesota there. That was a good one. 95, that was the season uh, wrap-up on Christmas Eve. I remember Doug Pelfrey. Yeah, the Vikings ended up finishing 8-8. Eight eight. Doug Pelfrey, 
puts the Bengals to 7-9 and nine with a uh, long kick. He was a pretty good kicker. It was like the Vikings had been eliminated earlier in the day, I remember. still remember uh, it was uh, Kenny Albert was uh, an- announcing the game, the Vikings have been eliminated. <laughs> and yes, we had been. It was just a, a perfect finish. It was a classic finish, a, an appropriate finish to a very disappointing Vikings season. Um, just like 94 ended disappointing. It looked promising, but it was overall meh compared to what we thought uh, Warren Moon quarterback Vikings team could be. Only 10-6 and six and then getting crushed by the Bears in the first round at home. Yuck. Cincinnati, who had been awful just a couple years ago. 7-9. and nine, Doug Pelfrey's kick from how many years? Yep, 51 yards out. Back then, 51 yards felt like really far, and it was impressive. It was a good kick, and the Bengals finished 7-9, and nine, dropped the Vikings to 8-8. Eight and eight. It was like fire Dennis Green, and of course we didn't. 1998, the Vikings went comfortably 24-3 in a game where Randall Cunningham had injured his knee. No, he came, he, it was the week before, I believe. Yes, Cunningham came back, shook off the injury and played. Yep, they, uh, it was like uh, bone chips in his knee, arthroscopic surgery. They, uh, he was able to shake it off and survive out there. Neil O'Donnell was not happy with some of the hits he had taken in the game. Um, that they, maybe there were some cheap, like, late hits. I remember that a bit. But Cunningham shook it off. He didn't play a particularly good game, a couple of interceptions and such. But uh, the 98 Super Duper Vikings went to 9-1, and one, and the Bengals dropped to 2-8. and eight. Yeah. So that's a 98 veteran uh, memory. Excuse me, the Vikings wouldn't play the Bengals until 2005 and got crushed 37-8. I think Culpepper, yeah, he was just an absolute mess. Oh, yeah, and Carson Palmer was just getting becoming a really good quarterback at the time. He was the number one pick for the Bengals pre-knee injury, pre-ACL, when he got hit in the knee, I remember, in that first-round playoff game versus Pittsburgh. So it's like bleep you, Pittsburgh. They actually were hanging in there with Cincinnati and then uh, injury to uh, Carson Palmer, ACL. That was really depressing. Vikings then would win in 2009 comfortably again. That's a excellent Viking team. Playing the Bengals again in a year that we went to the Conference Finals many years later. Pretty crazy when you think about that. Comfortable, easy win. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater got to play a little bit in that game. I still remember 30-10. to 10, The Bengals team that was, again... This is the wrong... Why am I talking about Teddy Bridgewater? This is 2009. 2007 was the Teddy Bridgewater one. 17, yep. I can see it up there already. 2009, the Brett Favre Vikings comfortably win over the Bengals late in the season when we, were str- we had struggled a few weeks in a row before that. Vikings got crushed 42-14 to in 2013. Terrible season late in the year. Frazier was going to get fired in a couple of, uh, couple of weeks there. 2017, that was the one where the Vikings beat uh, the Bengals comfortably with Bridgewater at quarterback. And then you had the Joe Burrow one with the missed kicks and all that stuff in the season opener. The crucial fumble by um, um, what's-his-face Dalvin Cook late in the game as well. The Vikings would lose in heartbreaking fashion. Uh, and Joe Burrow, who was just coming off an ACL, another number one pick quarterback by the Bengals coming off an ACL. Little did we know what the Bengals would become that year and how disappointing the Vikings would be after a pretty nice, uh, no, this is a disappointing season overall. The, yeah, 19 was two years ago already. It was just a, a uh, snake bit, stupid season, and you just could feel Zimmer would be gone by the end of the year. Um, but little did we know how great uh, Cincinnati would be almost winning the Super Bowl, 
Unfortunately not. The stupid Rams would beat them, but uh, Bengals went on to an AFC championship at the very least. That's the last time these two teams have played. So, is it going to be another? Yep, so it's interesting. 13, it was just, yeah, the coach got fired. 2009, the Vikings went to the conference final, and the Bengals were awful. 2000, yep, and then 21, the Bengals went on to, to the Super Bowl and almost won it. So, I'm not sure where to go with this one at the end of the day. Um, it should be an entertaining football game. It's going to be in Cincinnati. We're going to have Nick Mullins at quarterback. He should be more He should be more of a competent quarterback, I think, than what we had this past week, which was just, you know, the past few weeks, which is super disappointing. Jake Browning, I mean, can the Vikings defense frustrate Jake Browning into being terrible? Um, I think there's a pretty good chance of that. But uh, Cincinnati's got some capable defense as well, and their weapons are really good. But uh, Vikings winning on the road in Cincinnati. You'd think, see, just like two weeks ago, if you would have told me the Vikings are going to Cincinnati with Jake Browning, a quarterback, comfortable win. But Browning's been pretty good. And Josh Dobbs was just so terrible this past few weeks. It was kind of scary. But Nick Mullins gives me hope that the Vikings still can beat the Bengals now despite the fact Jake Browning's actually playing way better than any of us could have ever imagined. Um, that's the one thing I have like, that I think the Vikings have going for them is maybe Nick Mullins will be decent. Cincinnati does have something of a pass rush. They have a decent defense, um, and obviously their offensive weapons are insanely good. As long as, like, Makai Blackman all them show up to play and they don't get burned by, like, the Jijamar Chases of the world, they might have a chance to do something. Uh, Vikings could emerge victorious in this one. But I'm, it's kind of like I'm going to come out with the I'll believe it when I see it type of thing because I, 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 I don't know. I haven't liked the play calling the past two weeks at the very least. It has not been good right now. I, I, I think Cincinnati wins. I, I mean, they're playing so well. I think the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Vikings. I don't want to say it, but I have to say it. Um, I just think there's... I think there's too much momentum on Cincinnati's side. And, I mean, it's not like with Mullins in there, the Vikings look like this epic offense, but more competent, yes. So I think the Vikings will score more than three points against the Cincinnati Bengals. At least I would hope so. But I think the Bengals win final score of... It's not going to be high scoring, I don't think. It might be. Uh, 24-17. The Bengals beat the Vikings by a touchdown, unfortunately. We'll see how it turns out, but I do think the Bengals will beat the Vikings 24-17. to With that, we'll take a quick break, and I do believe there is a call from Mad Martin coming up. All right. Greetings, Joey. Well, thankfully, I made the correct decision and not wasted a night's sleep by staying up to watch that debacle last night. Um, I'm not sure what to make of it, to be honest, offensively wise. So, Cousins goes down. You put Jalen Orr out there, and unfortunately, he gets concussed. And you bring in a guy called Dobbs. 
who has a completely and totally different skill set to Cousins. He's mobile, he makes plays on the hoof, he can get yardage on the ground. And the first two games were great fun because he was doing that sort of thing. But as he's been indoctrinated into the playbook, as we saw more of in Denver and certainly last night against Chicago, um, it appears that KOC is trying to turn him into this Cousins Mark II clone, whatever you want to say. And, and I'm sorry, a round hole and a square peg don't fit. So why is he not putting a set of plays in that playbook that fit in to what Dobbs is able to do? I don't get it at all. Um, some consider KOC the quarterback whisperer. Well, if that's the case, then... He's got to look at what Dobbs can do and fit his whole playbook around that. I mean, let's, let's face facts. This is offensively always going to be a gamble with someone like Dobbs, who will basically be doing whatever Josh Dobbs does. Uh, there is obviously a reason why the guy has been on multiple teams in the last couple of years. But that's no reason why, with the weapons we possess, that you can't make it work to an extent. And... The playoffs would be a bonus, but the way they're regressing offensively at the moment, um, I think we're looking at the usual eight or nine win season and the potential high teens to low 20s draft pick. So we're still stuck in purgatory land. I suppose if there is a, a ray of hope, JJ is returning after the bye and they've now got time to actually bang heads together and work out a plan to actually see what they can do with five games left. Certainly with JJ back, that could open up the playbook again. And um, they could go on another run of four wins out of the last five uh, and get into the playoffs and perhaps do something. Um, I think looking at it realistically, I think it's highly doubtful. I guess if, if Dobbs... Well, what do you do? They're going to have to self-scout, aren't they, now? Um, do you roll out Jalen Hall and see what you've got in him? I think that makes sense as well, because you've got five games left to find out what you've got at the quarterback position. And um, if you don't feel there's a, a solution there, then surely they've got to look at the draft next year. I, I don't want Cousins back. I don't want the same old garbage we've had for the half a decade of uh, Cousins, you're not going to win anything. You're not going to go anywhere. I want them to find someone that can take them places, finally. If nothing, there are a lot of questions that are going to need to be answered as we move into the off-season next year. Now, on the positive side, Brian Flores and his defence, he's, he's done miracles with the, basically the same bunch of guys we had last year. And they are getting better and better. Now... Whatever they do in the off-season, you pay Flores whatever he wants. You make him assistant head coach if necessary. You keep the guy because defensively, you've got an exciting future if you can hold on to that guy. Um, okay, Joey, I think that's enough. Um, we can all relax next weekend because we're on a bye. Um, Skull brothers and sisters. And, uh, well, who knows? Because I haven't got a clue.
And once again, I thank you for that great, great call in. Dave Martin, Mad Martin, coming in out of Northern Scotland. Great to hear your voice again on this show. It's an absolute pleasure. Obviously, um, yep, great thoughts. Uh, we are of like mind with the situation. We, I don't think either of us are in a huge rush to bring Kirk Cousins back. Maybe I'm slightly more okay with it than uh, Dave Martin is, but uh, Mad Martin, but nope, I can completely understand. Like, we got to look more towards the future, that type of thing. If you bring Cousins back, it has to be for like a year or two, and then that's it, absolutely it. But a lot of people would agree with the thought of a 36-year-old coming back from an Achilles tear probably not a good combination. Like, look at Patrick Ewing with the New York Knicks. Obviously, it's a different sport, but still, an Achilles tear is an Achilles tear. Um, Dominique Wilkins coming back. He actually was a pretty good for a while. It was like, what, 91, 92, he had an Achilles. Um, he was decent for a while. I guess he hung on for a while in the NBA, but, it's, you know, he's one of the rare stories, I suppose. He was a freak of nature. Um, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. Talk about freaks of nature. Was he the same guy when he came back? Nope. Nope, definitely not. So, um, Clay Thompson, that's they're the Kansas City Chiefs of the NBA. I can't stand them, God. And uh, I'm not too happy to see them dropping off the map and the Wolves kicking their butts. That's a wonderful thing. Check out Timberwolves explosion, by the way. Um, yeah. Uh, so stuff like that, the Achilles. So that's kind of like the theme there. You don't want to bring Cousins back, and I don't blame a soul that would say that. Not even one bit. It's kind of, um, you know, it's probably. It's probably not the best idea. Um, again, unless you can get his price way down, and is he going to be willing to do that? You would hope he would, but at the same time, even if you bring Cousins back, there has to be the main quarterback of the future. There has to be somebody. So that's something to look at. Obviously, Dobbs, like the honeymoon's over, and blah, blah, blah. Well, he's not the quarterback. It's Nick Mullins now. Um, yeah, like it was, like you said, like I, I was even saying on the show, like, when I didn't hear from uh, when I didn't hear from you at all, it's like yeah, it's like obviously you know the time zone's much further ahead. So like uh, it's like I'm guessing you're like hell with it. I'm not going to stay up all night for that garbage. And that's it. It was a good move. It was a very good move. So because in your case you don't have to do a podcast, and that'd be too hard to I think podcast for a team where you'd have to potentially stay up all night to watch and <laughs> to be able to analyze. But I suppose you can always catch up and do the show later which is what sometimes I have to do with those Monday night games with work and all that. So it's tough. Um, catch up with things and all that. Um, listen to everything I can and then catch up. It, it, it's tough. Catch up with a lot of, catch up with a, as much as possible to, to be able to do a legitimate podcast. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not the easiest thing in the world. Um, obviously, great thoughts. Really love hearing from you and hope you keep calling in forever. Uh, yep, yeah, I, I definitely missed you for about two weeks there, and it was back-to-back -back night games, and they were, you know, not fun, basically, so I don't blame you. Was it the Broncos and the Bears? That was a pretty, you know, it was definitely eye-opening in, in, the, in the wrong way. No no doubt about it, Broncos and Bears back-to-back. -back. So, but now the Vikings are 7-6 and six after one of the ugliest games of all time. Can't wait to hear what you might have to say about that one, but then again, we will hear something, at least on the Twitter account, at the very least, and maybe in a call-in later on as well. At Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show is the Twitter account. I better get the Instagram ready here on the side as well. Instagram is what it is. Okay, Purple Mafia Show. It's all one thing. So that's a good thing. Uh, at Purple Mafia Show is the Instagram. And yes. What the heck? Why is it doing that? It looks like invisible. Uh, looks like people retweeted. What was it, what was it saying here? Um... 
losing track of where I was here. NBC. No. What the heck? Uh, what is going on? I feel like I'm losing track of where I was. Yeah, these are from the last game. So we have to continue here. Yep, so, yep. Vince Germano retweeted the most recent episode. And Malcolm, no, yep, Malcolm and Tanae. Malcolm out of California and Tanae Brown out of New Zealand. Also retweeting the most recent show. Did I get back to JP? Okay, yep, he will appeal to the NFL cave. Yep, we did talk about that on the last show. So, now we'll hear from Dave Hickey. He was saying, now this is the, this is the first time... I've been rooting for Green Bay, but can they finish them off in the second half? That must have been the Thanksgiving game, right? You know, maybe I'm going back too far. Yeah, yeah, I was. Scrubbed. That was a whole week later. My apologies. Scrubbed. Tanae, uh, Malcolm, and Lee, uh, Lee, uh, Tanae, Malcolm, and Vince Germano all retweeting that episode as well. Scrubbed. Like, the rocket was scrubbed. And that was finally scrubbed for real <laughs> in the fourth quarter. It took three quarters of sh- getting shut out to finally scrub the, uh, the rocket scientist. In Joshua Dobbs, Mad Martin nor out of uh, Dave Martin out of Northern Scotland says painful so far, and he said two weeks to get ready for this. If there is a saving grace, it's going fast. Yep, I mean it was like hallelujah there. At least it was going fast. Um, yeah, but I was saying absolutely horrendous. This is a dead end. Yep, and it really feels like it. Um, but maybe with another quarterback, we'll see. Saving grace. Yep, looks like that thread stopped there. I think we. Yep, he starts it up again. Dobbs has three net yards in passing. Hall should have... Yeah, that was the other guy you wanted to talk about. Hall should have been the backup. Time to see if if he's anything to offer in the last four games. There's a chance we finish last in our division now. There is a chance because the way the Bears played today. There's a, there is a chance. You never know. Which is sad and funny, but sad. You know, I do believe we play the Bears again, right? We only played them once. Yep, that was the other take you had about um, Hall. You wanted to see Hall play, but I mean, I don't know, like maybe it is maybe it is the whole fear of like, oh no, you know, if we put Hall in, that'll be like, you know, like putting the gas pipe on the season. Uh, I mean, I liked what I saw from Hall. He looked pretty good, and Brock Purdy is definitely a example of a late-round pick who came in as a rookie, not as a third-year veteran or something, but as a rookie, and uh, pretty much or just about took his team to the Super Bowl until he had that horrific uh uh, elbow injury last year, but luckily he's back, and they look like they could do it. Um, yeah, Dobbs is Dobbs is no business being quarterback of the Vikings right now. Uh, yeah, but Hall, yeah, I mean he was good. <laughs> Mad Martin, this is funny. Wow, we won. All I can say is Brian Flores take a bleeping bow. He was my choice for head coach when Zimmer got the boot. It would have been a good choice, wouldn't it? He probably would have been the better one, probably. Um, probably, and UK, Ireland, and Minnesota Vikings fan club, UK and Ireland, Minnesota Vikings fan club, like that one, and uh, yeah, I like it too, that was uh, really good, looks like, yep, we're each following each other, which is great, great to hear from you, uh, uh, indirectly in this case, UK and Ireland, Minnesota Vikings, yep, awesome to hear from you, uh, yeah, Brian Flores, yes, that was the other thing you were saying, like, yeah, just (laughs) give him whatever he wants, basically, yeah, he is as good of a defensive mind as you're ever going to get. Uh, isn't he, though? I mean, <laughs> we we score three freaking points. Usually when you score three points, you're getting blown out. Even in a game when the other team only manages 21, which is like mediocre, right? 21 to 3, you're, you're, you've been blown out. It's an awful game. You got crushed by 18. 
because you only managed three bleeping points. Like against Dallas last year, it was like embarrassing. That was awful, wasn't it? We were just absolutely pummeled into the ground. And the year we went, we won 13 games. That was one of the ones we got pummeled in because we only scored three points. And the fact we gave up 41 or whatever it was, it was a terrible game. Um, and then you end up winning <laughs> because uh, the Flores defense is that good. So, yeah, he is he is definitely a revelation, and I'd love to keep him in Minnesota one way or another. I mean, today absolutely solidifies that he's, he's going to get head coach money one way or another if he's staying in Minnesota or head coach of the somebody's, you know, Carolina Panthers. I don't know if you want to go there, but maybe you do. Who knows? It's not like Carolina's going to suck forever, but they're certainly a dumpster fire right now. The um, time to go to the Instagram, but thank you. That was awesome to hear from you again, Mad Martin. God, I miss you. Yeah, great to hear from you. That was awesome. Um, unfortunately, you know, generally crappy circumstances like the Bears game and such. The in-game thread on Instagram, which is, again, Purple Mafia Show, which is wonderful. So you could find Purple Mafia very easily on Instagram. There is a post on the last episode as well. So that's why I've learned check, just like I used to do on Facebook. There's Mark Carlson. Isn't that cool? Strikeforce.92, because I was saying scrubbed. That's like, again, like, you know, scrubbing a, uh, <laughs> scrubbing the uh, rocket launch. That's a perfect title. I, yeah, I enjoyed listening to you today while I was doing things at home and in the car headed to the VA. Funny. Yep, yeah, for veterans. Yep, funny. I had the show cranked up a while, or cranked up while I was out of my car pumping gas. You're like the Rush Limbaugh Vikings podcast. <laughs> All right. Where'd it go? You're like the Rush Limbaugh Vikings podcasting. The show is available everywhere you want to listen. On that note, I left a review on iTunes some time ago, and I encourage others to do the same. Five stars. Okay, shout out to Sebastian and Brent. Where are you guys? I agree. Um, I agree. Yep, Sebastian Barton and Brent Jacobson. I missed you guys. Just in case you're listening, I hope you haven't completely vanished. Please say something if you're out there. Please, please say something one way or another. You can, You, yeah. Um, where are you guys? What do we need to do? Put your pictures on a milk carton? Thanks for the work, Joey. Enjoy the week off, and let's hope that JJ and Dobbs launch next week. Skull. Uh, unfortunately, that was uh, uh, kind of like Apollo 13. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like that one, right? Uh, yeah, I wish. It just didn't work out, did it? Next one. Okay, now the in-game thread. This was a lot busier than it's been, so that's good. Yep, Mike. It's mostly Mike Dale and Mark, but yeah, it's Mike Dale and Mark. I mean... That's, that's Mount Rushmore type people like Mad Martin, you know, Dave Hickey, guys like that. Uh, the hard part is the chronological stuff. Oh, I think I th okay, Mark Carlson. Yep. So at least you can see the eight hours. Yep, Mark Carlson. Dobbs can make make it or break it today. If I see a repeat of the last few games, man, I don't know. I want to buy in on him, but so far I'm undecided. Either way, this isn't the year for our team. The Eagles are for are for real. And much to my dislike, the Callaways are playing for keeps. Looking forward to today's game. Yep. Um, I was kind of telling him, I'm totally understand. Yeah, he has not been good adopted. And yeah, he's not going to be the quarterback now. Uh, Mike Dale says, can any receiver on this team catch a pass? I know Jefferson can, however, he's injured again. Yep, exactly. Mike Dale out of New York State. Yeah, I mean, uh, K.J. Osborne was pretty close to getting a Ponder Memorial. He was terrible, I thought. Um, 
Yep, luckily this is, okay, here's, uh, here's actually Mark Dale's first post was, uh, this game is an absolute chore to watch. The honeymoon with Josh Dobbs is over, I fear. Uh, he comes close to throwing an interception at least once every drive. Every drive, yep. Sure feels that way, doesn't it? Mark Carlson was saying, I agree, I'm tired of it. Yeah, it's pitiful. Mark Carlson, yep, missed field goal. Let's see, continue, continue. Where was I saying? Yeah, I was pissed off about that. A couple more here, just a couple more. Yep, there it is. Mike Dale Osborne can't catch an effing cold today. All right, I've seen enough. Put in Mullins, and yes, they did. They did. Mark Carlson says, "Can it be? Can it be fourth quarter now?" Yep, zero to zero. There we go. Ivan Pace Jr. That was Mike Dale as things got wrapped up there. And rock and roll. The Vikings emerge victorious. Were there any comments in the post game? Yep, I posted a picture of the game on with the Christmas tree. Figured people might like that. And the post game, I'm always kind of late, but yeah, Mark did get one in. All right, Mark, great. I suppose it was a little while ago already. Just kind of picking up my dinner as I posted that quick. Uh, Mark Carlson, Iowa says, please let me never win a game like this again. Thank you, team, for deciding to finally win. A big thank you to the defense for playing the whole game like it mattered. Hint to the offense, please play it like it matters. Now it's Sunday night, and do I watch the Eagles, Cowgirls, or can... <laughs> oh, boy. Or can I uh, can I do the Grammy salute to 50 years of hip-hop? Blah! Yep, I agree with you on that. I uh, Luckily, the Minnesota Wild are on. That's actually what's flashing right now. I... <sighs> I can't stand anything Grammy-related. It's garbage. 50 years of hip-hop. Okay, maybe the first 10 years were, like, somewhat, re like, good. The, uh, the next 40 years of garbage is all I'd really call hip-hop. <laughs> the last, <laughs> pretty much, okay, maybe, like, once about the early 90s, hip-hop started, yeah, going the wrong direction. We'll just leave it at that. I guess after that putrid Vikings game, I'm at my limit of putrid. So it's Eagles, Cowboys, and my TV skull. Yep. Grammys, huh? Grammys haven't been good since probably about the early 90s, in, in my opinion. So, yep, that was the post-game thread. I miss the Mike Dale's big ones, though. Those were good. And, Mark, that was awesome. Absolutely awesome. So, let's pass out the uh, stars for the show and wrap things up. <sighs> Mad Martin's going to get the gold star for today, for sure. Uh, Mark Carlson's going to bring in uh, the silver. Mike Dale, a nice, juicy, silver-plated bronze. You guys are absolutely awesome, and I appreciate you so, so very much. Really appreciate Vince Germano, Tanae Brown, and uh, Malcolm for always uh, retweeting the show. You're going to get a, you're going to get a, uh, you're going to also get a bronze for that. It's just really appreciate you guys. Really appreciate you so much for doing that every week. Uh, Mad Martin, awesome call and great thoughts, and love the passion. Absolutely love it. Um, with that said, the algorithms al algorithms matter in a lot of ways when it comes to podcasting. So anybody out there who hasn't done it yet, please put a five-star rating for this show if you could. If it's, uh, depending on what app you use and if it lets you do it, um, Apple Podcasts, which is probably the most common one out there. If you could, please put a five-star rating. Otherwise, Spotify, please do that if you could. If you want to write a review, great. If you don't, that's okay as long as you put the rating in because then that can get the algorithms moving in the right direction. Otherwise, the reviews that have been so kind, I just... God bless you guys so much. And yes, Mark, you did put a review in uh, a while back. You were mentioning to me. Um, and yeah, it was awesome. It was an awesome review. I also saw one from Freedom of Thought on there. That was absolutely great. Um, Freedom of Thought's a different podcast as well. So 
Yep, uh, Minnesota Wild versus Seattle Kraken are flashing on the screen right now. So it's a little bit better than Cowboys and Eagles, I suppose. <laughs> but Wild are, actually, are, are ahead, so that's good because they haven't played good hockey the past couple games. Oh, I don't think I don't think that's a goal. I hope not. Huh. Okay. Anyhow, with that said, have a nice week, and we'll be back. Uh, I guess, gosh, it's a Saturday game. That's going to be different. So we'll get the show out when we when we get it out. If it's Saturday night or Sunday night, but it'll get out. Actually, probably Sunday night. Actually to kind of do the classic uh, review. So with that said, have a great week, and we'll be back to talk about Vikings football versus Cincinnati. We'll see how things go.